0: Suncast is brought to you by Sungrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar.
1: I think in the next six months, the existing top 10 cryptocurrencies won't be in the top 10.
2: Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull
0: back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe.
2: Today is episode 128. And I got to say, if it sounds a little bit better or different, then it's because I'm back. In my home studio. And I apologize for any quality issues you might have suffered over the last four to six weeks or so, as I've been traveling a lot. I, as many of you know, usually try to obsess over having the highest quality possible because I care about what comes into your earballs and I want you to enjoy this show. I apologize again if the quality of the intros and outros in particular have suffered. I also want to apologize if the quality of this interview sounds a little off. It is in a new studio with a new mic setup, and sometimes it takes some time to tweak those. So, a little public service announcement please hang in there as I modify and tweak my mobile setup. I'll be traveling a lot and will continue to do so. But thank you to all of you who've taken the time to say, Hey, Nico, uh, what's up with the audio? It doesn't reflect what you normally do. You're right, this sound does, which is my home studio <laughs> mini many years of uh, tweaking that one. So, well, if you have been keeping up as uh, many of you have, then you know I've been diving into the nexus of blockchain and energy lately, and I consider today's guest one of my mentors and my experts on the topic, and I'm lucky to have met him. Thanks to his right hand, Monica, who reached out to me on Twitter, we've now gotten to know each other this year, and I'm really jazzed to finally have him on Suncast. Gerard Newkirk is an entrepreneur on a mission to bring critical civic infrastructure to millions of homes in developing countries, starting with Africa. And he raised over 1.3 million for his cryptocurrency, KWH coin, in an ICO earlier this year. Today, we dig into the why, when, how, where, and who with Gerard, all about his crypto, about his understanding of blockchain, and much more. I learned a lot, and I'm certain that you'll come away with some insights. You can find more great founder stories and solar startup advice in over a hundred amazing episodes over at mysuncast.com. While you're there, check out our Suncast tribe, where you can be a part of my inner circle of solar warriors and trusted advisors. You just click on the member button to learn more. Oh, and if you're a part of the tribe already, keep an eye out for the special insider's tips from Gerard this week in your inbox. I'll be delivering some juicy insights from him on his top picks and predictions for cryptocurrency movements in 2019. For now, get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune into another powerful conversation here on Suncast.
0: All right, Solar Warriors, buckle up and get ready for another roller coaster ride down Blockchain Alley. I am excited to invite the next guest of Suncast onto the show. I want to highlight the fact that his internet savvy director of operations, Monica Shepard, reached out to me on Twitter, as I prognosticated that you guys would, to say, hey, that was a great interview with SolarCoin. They're not the only fish in the pond. Would you like to hear about another cryptocurrency and blockchain expert? So Gerard Newkirk, the founder and CEO of KWH Coin and a slew of other companies, has Come to help dispel myths, drop wisdom, and altogether educate us on what's happening in the blockchain world. Gerard, welcome to Suncast.
1: Thanks so much for having me here, Nico. So sorry, it's taking us like two months to pull this thing together, man. Dude, so
0: it's quite a right. are
1: definitely intertwined.
0: Yeah, totally. And Suncast has been around for three years, it'll be around for a lot longer. I got the patience uh, as well, We're waiting on these interviews to materialize. And I'm grateful that it has. It's not often that I get to have a guest on who, uh, who vastly overshadows me from a radio presence perspective. Uh, and it's certainly not often that I'm jealous of someone's voice. So <laughs> thank, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, we're going to hang out with Girardi as a social entrepreneur using technology as a platform for liberation, integrating the principles of the circular and decentralized economy, building sustainable and circular enterprises, promoting social good, removing barriers. I could go on, but why don't I just let you take it from here? Can you just help me understand through the lens of an entrepreneur mm-hmm. how someone from the deep backwoods in North Carolina <laughs> makes his, finds, finds himself the VP at a global company like Macy's mm-hmm. and decides to throw it all <laughs> in the back seat as it were, and move to a
1: different life. Yeah. Tell, tell,
0: walk me through that.
1: Well, it's been a long, it's a process, not a mechanism. So there were various things that have happened. You know, like you said, I, I grew up in Pender County, North Carolina. So I, I grew up um, with meager accommodations, as one would say. So that kind of drove me toward going to college and went to college at East Carolina and actually started out with I always wanted to be in business and to be on that, that side of it I always was intrigued by Initially, it was an energy company, mm-hmm. believe it or not. No way. but yeah, Yeah, very early on, I wanted to... You know that show Dallas? I'm probably dating myself. Yeah, the yeah, Ewings? of course, of course. Oh, man. JR. Yeah, I wanted to be Jr. No way. Yeah, so that was like my first go at it. But then um, as time went on, I got into retail, and I became a retail executive with Macy's. Was married, had kids, and then uh, my little girl, about four years ago, she was born, and she had a stroke. No way. Which is really life-changing for me, and it kind of forced me... To reprioritize mm-hmm. and then i i wanted to do things to make a better world for my son and my mm-hmm. daughter because i have mm-hmm. you know i have young kids so my life's work had to become more purposeful and I, again i was always into energy and renewable energy especially and i just knew i've studied blockchain for probably six seven years i was one of the people that was originally on the bitcoin originally
0: just philosophically but to put it, it in perspective Give us times of, like, year that you started exploring Bitcoin. When did you yeah. first buy it? I read Satoshi
1: Nakamoto's Bitcoin paper probably around 2009, late 2009. What? Yeah. I live in that you space, man. De- yeah, 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 in the decentralized. Just like I said, philosophically, I really align with the principles of S- Satoshi Nakamoto. I believe in empowering the people, being voluntarianism, mm. decentralization, mm. you know, localized economy. So philosophically was my first connection with cryptocurrency and blockchain. It was how can we build an independent world using technology and removing some of the barriers from geopolitical situations. I think that some of the friction points in the world, especially in energy, were related to centralization.
0: Yeah. So that and was I, my and first And I want to also put it in perspective for those of you out there listening, you're probably up doing like I am research on blockchain at midnight while the rest of your family's sleeping, (laughs) Gerard was doing the same thing. Gerard was a a regional store manager at Belk at 2009. Like, not talking about a guy that was running an energy business, not talking about uh, a guy that was even living in California. You know, you're just looking upward and onward and thinking, how do I accelerate my career?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I was born, I kind of got in this process very, you know, ground up. Mm. You know, I was... I worked with Food Lion. I was a store manager with hmm. Food Lion. Um, then I went on and became a store manager with Belk. So this was kind of like my moon like my night hobby was hmm. read, was reading about decentralized technologies. The next big I guess it for me was Ethereum with the ability now, you know, with blockchains and Bitcoin you could connect peer to peer. But with Ethereum you had the ability to negotiate a transaction peer to peer with a, mm. you know by a smart contract, and I had been reading a lot about solar and energy and all of the energy data that was going to be involved in order to connect decentralized energy technologies. And it hit me. I was like, hold on, we can use Ethereum to connect people as far as allowing them to interact with energy exchange, and we can secure it with the blockchain. And then we can use an app to kind of connect this ecosystem wow. and build partners. So that was like 2015. But it was wow. still kind of lost. And as far as from a constructive standpoint, how do you build off that framework of understanding what the new energy model will look like? So it's still foggy for me at yeah. that time.
0: Yeah, I'm going to keep it a little bit at 10,000 foot because yeah. I want to dig through the fog myself. Absolutely. Let's dig Hey, okay, you it. are VP at Macy's. You're on the trajectory yeah. you're climbing you got a good job got a family moonlighting as a as a entrepreneur tech guy so one of the questions i asked was did you explore tactically by buying bitcoin mm-hmm. and others and putting your money where your mouth is yeah. when was that and the other is how long did you study blockchain versus cryptocurrency before you felt like you could actually make a move. Yeah, that's a great questions. Well, I
1: dabbled a little bit in Bitcoin probably around 2011. Yeah. That was my first loss probably what well, was probably about a million dollars now somewhere. In Greensville, North Carolina, but who knows where that is? But that was that really was. So I was a novice, and then it was a lot harder, you know, with the two-factor authentication and all that. So I got away from it for
0: Uh, three, four years. I I, I don't want to gloss over this. You just said you lost. Yeah, man, probably was.
1: Well, I had a laptop, and this is again, I was a novice. I'm not a tech guy, you know. I wasn't a guy that was computer scientist by any stretch. So there wasn't the tutorials that there are now to show you how to do all these things. So I did a transaction. And got significant bitcoins, because I think back then it was trading at like four or five cents. So yeah. it was very low. Uh-huh. So I bought, you know, probably like 20, 30 bucks for them. Yeah, yeah. So that happened. And then in the process of moving, I moved places in Greenville, I ended up moving to Jacksonville, moved. So, and you had the coin store oh on my God, the, on yeah. device. They, they, had they had no clue it. on how to exchange it or, or switch to another wallet. So you know how you have all those stores. I'm one of those guys. Because I got in before then, especially yeah. in North Carolina, no one yeah. knew anything at all about right. cryptocurrency and all that. So Amazing. Yeah. So from there and then when I got back, it was basically because of Ethereum. Yeah. I bought some, um, I participated in some ICOs very early on. Ethereum, I heard about that very early on. Yeah. And then I, I became a lot more involved in the operational side on the back end, how it actually worked at back of house. So I wouldn't make the same mistake that I did with Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So then, I, this is when I started reaching out to family members. Yeah. This is around 2015, 2016, and saying, "Hey, guys, you may want to look at this cryptocurrency. I think it's going to yeah. be future." I start sending them YouTube videos and things like that.
0: Are you living on on gains from crypto now?
1: Oh man, I made some big gains. Well, a lot of the gains I made went into developing KWH I had a wife, uh, my my ex wife was stay at yeah. home, and so I was a sole breadwinner. So yeah. a lot of what initially started. The research and the development with KWH Coin was from 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 Bitcoin. And amazing, those stuff, amazing. Yeah. So I literally was you know VP during the day, then driving Uber, then delivering pizzas and Bitcoin to start up KWH <laughs> Coin at the very beginning. So amazing. I was living a true startup life out in, in the in Silicon Valley.
0: So I said, and now i said, this is going to be a little bit different of an interview for me. I, I'm still trying to feel my sea legs or get my sea legs around. How do I interview someone? in a, uh, an alternative piece of our industry, right? Mm-hmm. I know how to interview the Jiggershaws and the Dan Sugars of the world. I know what people are thinking when they're trying to think about how do they want to talk to that person, mm-hmm. or what would they say if they got 10 minutes with them or coffee or whatever. I apologize for what might seem like pedestrian questions sure enough, for sure. you guys, or maybe even some of the Suncast listeners. I want to start out as we begin to unpack KWH coin, your venture down uh, crypto road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute. but. What's the one question that you get asked the most about cryptocurrency specifically?
1: Other than the you know, the traditional Bitcoin questions and the Silk Road, for us is how do you connect people? How do you do how do you use cryptocurrency to provide energy? I think we get that almost at every conference, at every show, at every type of place where we interact at every meetup. Yeah. It's how do you how is cryptocurrency and energy,
0: how do those two connect, even connect? I love it. What's yeah. the nexus there? I ask that yeah. in, every, uh, in every episode, uh, whether it's hot or hype. And yeah. most people think it's hype. So I'm yeah. super excited to hear someone on the show that doesn't think it's hype. I guess even more superficial or pedestrian than that, is there a question that out the gate, you're at Thanksgiving dinner and one of your cousins <laughs> hears that you did this thing called KWH coin and You've raised <laughs> you know, s- seven figures with uh-huh. it. What question are they asking you?
1: The first one is, what is cryptocurrency? Uh-huh. Just in general, yeah, I mean, very, and you know, I used to say internet money, right? Because I thought that that may, like when you pay for things with Amazon, I try to use this example. I you go that. to eBay, you go to Amazon, you pay with your car, you pay it digitally. You, you have that's right. internet money, you're just using the bank or your financial institution as the that's right. inter- intermediary to execute that transaction. So I tried, that was my Thanksgiving conversation about three years ago, I think, three or four years ago. Right. Was I used the example of right now, the bank is essentially performing your cryptocurrency functions, or what the function of your cryptocurrency could perform, your bank or your financial institution is performing. So that started to kind of, you know, unblur the lines of cause and effect a little bit, especially some members of my family, you know, because they had heard about Bitcoin. But it was a little bit harder to get them to understand how, you know, blockchain, how it all works, like what is a blockchain? What does that even mean? If it's only a database, you know, what's so cool about another, you know, database on the Internet? So... Those were the questions they want to understand what the application is versus just being so geeked out about, you know, what's happening in the cryptocurrency markets and the newest projects and those type of things.
0: So cryptocurrency is one thing. Blockchain is another. I keep Mm -hmm. trying to, I always have to say that when I caveat Mm -hmm. in the hotter hype section, I'm not always talking about crypto because people think of Bitcoin. What about blockchain? What Mm -hmm. do you think is the fundamental question that folks um, ask or want to know about blockchain? Yeah, I think they they that that besides term, what is yeah besides right. what is blockchain like once think, once you establish what is blockchain yeah. what is the next logical evolution of the conversation? I think they want to know well what does it mean for me because a lot of with
1: blockchain is back of the house operations allowing systems to interact more cohesively. Mm. They want to understand what is how is a blockchain going to change my life if it's just you know something that's back of house that I'll never see and it's a, data, a stored database. How can that impact me or what's this big hype? I think that's why people think that it's overhyped, but it's just a very basic example is if you have two lines as far as accounting, before the third line, which is what determined what was value and what wasn't, it was just two lines. It really didn't mean anything. You know, if you have what you made versus what you didn't make until and I forget the gentleman's name came up with the accounting principle to that third line, which is what determined value, that's what made an economy, and I think blockchain has that type of impact. The embedding is very subtle, but the impact of systems be able, being able to cooperate and interact independently is groundbreaking and is transformational for the digital economy.
0: You know, the thing that stands out to me when I talk to anybody who's working in blockchain or crypto today and applying them to energy is really simple, frankly. You came out of consumer goods. Mm-hmm. To put it in, like in the most macro environment, consumer goods, fashion. Nick Goherty came out of finance. The skill sets that you employ could be deployed from a tech perspective in many, many different, much more profitable and tangible avenues. Yeah. How did it occur to you, of all things, to apply blockchain to solar? Why is that the right vehicle? Why did you choose this route specifically? Absolutely, because.
1: The mission for me was that 1.2 billion people in the world that don't have electricity. So that was my baseline framework for how to apply blockchain technology. How do we connect them? Energy equity, Absolutely, energy equity, energy empowerment, energy independence, localized yep. energy generation, yep. and how do we build a new economy with that being mm-hmm. a platform? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if now we've turned everyone into an energy company Now everyone has an equity basis Mm -hmm. to build water resources, to build sustainable infrastructure development. So for us, the energy deployment, okay, our mission, like I said, where I'm a social entrepreneur, and I believe that energy poverty and the dependence on energy is the number one reason for geopolitical conflict in the world. Amen. So- That, again, was the framework for how do we build a solution for that. So as you can see, step by step, even with our white paper, if you look at it, it is how do we use this cryptocurrency as a liberation technology, not as something, you know, to drive prices and to do all these things. How do we use it to lower the barriers for access for 1.2 billion people that don't have energy access, but that may have the resources to get a phone, the Internet And of course, they may have housing. So for us, it's not necessarily energy trading, but how do we build an ecosystem to support our mission? What about your white paper flies over the heads of most of the readers? Yes, I think it is the technical, the blockchain pieces when people say, well, how are you going to deliver power just by energy trading? And because in the white paper, we had to technically explain how the blockchain could be applied. But as our platform has developed and now we are essentially an ecosystem of energy solutions, sustainable infrastructure solutions, we use KWH coin to say, you know, for example, we have this person that sells solar products. Mm-hmm. In Sierra Leone, they may not be able to afford to get this person or to, to provide a day of power for their family just because of the way energy systems are structured. But now that they're with our solution, They can buy it for five hours or they can get one of our because they can have access to the KWH coin, which allows them to get energy by kilowatt hour, Mm. which their existing service providers, they don't have the models in order to accommodate that customer. So for us, we build our customer profile off of existing energy models don't accommodate these customers. So what is it going to take for us to build an ecosystem to support them? And this is why our platform expanded to so many different partners with, like, uh, pay-as-you-go.
0: Yeah, explain. (laughs) So where I wanted to go, I think it's where you're headed. I want to understand where in the world is this most applicable, i.e., what are your target markets? Who's your avatar? Where is it being used the most? Mm -hmm. And how does it get to that person? How do they become aware of KWH coin and the profit Uh, opportunity, the business opportunity you offer?
1: I think Sierra Leone is probably the best example. Population about 7.7 million. 80% of the 7.7 million people in Sierra Leone are off grid. They Uh don't have national grid access. So we are distributing solar energy systems that are going to be branded solar energy systems that's going to allow, you know, we're going to use as our Genesis project, for example, Mm. a remote village, and let's say of that village of 25 Five to 10 can then use our solar systems as a generator. That's going to be our genesis energy generator. Got it. They come along, KWH coin, which now they have export capacity. We power this small village. Then we come in with the energy infrastructure to develop microgrids.
0: How are they able to exchange? Because in some way, the 10 customers are interconnected in that community? Right.
1: This is what we're going to do. We're going to build a localized grid that's going to use our software to connect the systems and we're gonna connect them to their homes. And this is just for our energy project, just to show, deploys. similar to what they're doing with Brooklyn with the microgrid, but right. we wanna show how this works in a rural setting. Okay,
0: but it's actual physical
1: wires. Absolutely, yeah. DC yeah, yeah. wires, AC wires? Um, we haven't determined that yet because it's uh-huh. almost depending on the village setting because we've already, well, our partner, Teleficient, has already distributed 6,000 systems there.
0: Teleficient, that's yes. a Sierra Leone company.
1: Yes, they're How'd they're. you find them? They connected through through us because you know the problem there was, Telefishing, our partner, he sells mobile phones in Sierra Leone. They had the mobile phones, but didn't have a way to charge them. He saw that we were trying to d- d- develop gen- energy generation in Africa. And he says, well, this is a perfect fit because we can now deliver energy and phones simultaneously through KWH coin. And now it opens us you know, to be also be a provider of telecommunications. So again, because we want to build that whole ecosystem. Now they can access energy with KWH coin and cell phones with KWH coins. Meaning they can re-up on the network. Absolutely. Yeah. When we go into these areas, remember, we want to build and we want to develop access. So setting up networks that are smaller, that use smaller distributed energy resources has been our focus initially, especially as part of our white paper mission. But now as we take on larger partners and we see larger projects, our entire company is really shifting now to become more sustainable infrastructure development because so many partners that we would not have had access to now hear about KWH coin. And they're like, well, oh, we have solo over here, too. Can we come on your blockchain? And then, by the way, we have water resources and can we can tokenize that? So all of these different concepts mm-hmm. have been laid on our plate now as we've
0: gone into these other countries and made partners. OK, so there's a. There's a lot of different avenues we could explore right now. Absolutely. You mentioned a couple of things that I want to make sure we're fundamentally saying the right mm-hmm. understanding. White paper mm-hmm. first and then token and tokenize yeah. second. But on the white paper side, why? what's the importance of a white paper for people Man. who might not understand? Yeah, sure. In that, explain to me how you went about writing it, creating legitimacy for it, mm. and ultimately where that led The like where that led to the tokenizing process. Absolutely. The purpose of the white paper is to, in a very
1: technical platform, explain how blockchain is going to be applied to your product offering. So how that correlates with, and then so that is really what this is. It's it's not as much promotional literature. It is you stating technically how you can build or how you have developed the software and structure to build this product offering yeah so this is where the white paper stands out and also as far as your tokenization now the process this is going to show and illustrate how the token model adds relevance and how it creates an economy where your token is legitimate and where it has value mm-hmm. so those are the two primary objectives of the white paper
0: as far as what is explaining to the audience got it and just for the Again, the most pedestrian approach to it. Mm -hmm. A token is what? A token is just your digital
1: asset. Got it. So any cryptocurrency, digital token, digital coin, the token is just the measurable unit of digital account. Got it. And for you, it's equivalent to one KWH? One kilowatt hour of renewable energy that was generated on our platform, whether it it be by solar, wind, by one of
0: our... How is it different than... Well, it's different the it's not tied to just solar, because yes. solar coin is one kilowatt yes. hour. Mm-hmm. Right? Ours well, is any type of distributed energy resource. I think technically one megawatt hour I think there's a, a megawatt coin. hour, yeah. yeah one token hour. is one megawatt hour, right. and yours
1: is one kilowatt hour. Right, because remember, our platform, we want to lower, we want to use the fungibility right. of cryptocurrency mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to offer it to someone in Sierra Leone at kilowatt hour, where maybe they could get... You know, if it's mm. ten cents, and I'm just making up a market number right. at a kilowatt hour, they so need four hours. They could be able to with cryptocurrency and fungibility
0: afford that. It's really interesting because you know what I hear you talking about reminds me of the interview we just recently had with Sun Exchange mm-hmm. with, uh, with Abe Cambridge, where they are creating effectively a platform for right. trading these these digital properties. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how similar or dissimilar they are. You mm. mentioned that you don't know much about Sun Exchange yet, yeah. but.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I know the, the project. I think the biggest difference is for us is we wanted to build the entire ecosystem to build a green economy. Yeah. And we wanted to offer now solutions for the 500 million households, mm-hmm. aside from just giving them the energy, we want to offer solutions to build an entire sustainable, circular Civic economy. Absolutely.
0: We want to be a part
1: of the infrastructure, In- sustainable infrastructure
0: development as well. Yeah. So going back to the white paper, how did you create legitimacy for it? And tell me how that went for you.
1: Yeah, that was very tough. Because it was, you know, I went by, again, philosophically. I don't know if you've ever read or have, have come across the, the, you know, this, and this goes back again to economic models. What is the value of money? What is it backed by? Mm-hmm. And it was just my philosophical belief that the only, if, if legitimacy and money was what it's backed by, it would be energy because that's the only thing that's fundamental. And for me, again, geopolitically saying, if we could get it backed by renewable energy, it would be the most viable. Legitimate cryptocurrency in the world because there's no inflation, because it's only backed by renewable energy generation that can be quantified with energy data. Uh-huh. So that philosophically and from a technical perspective was what I used as the basis for how to build the legitimacy of the currency. So when you talk to other projects and it may be off existing things and yeah. existing solar, we want it to be a part part of the generation model. Yeah. But more importantly, we wanted any type of DER and its energy performance, energy resource, right? Yeah. Distributed energy resource and its performance to be valued in our token. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, that took a lot of thought is it, into is
0: it additive? Is it something that they can be so you someone could uh, extract the same kWh value as they can a solar coin value and the, like like solar coin they don't take away from the greenhouse gases It's right, a separate right. value stream
1: right with us we're working on what that modification will look like because we have some other projects and and I won't talk in depth about them because we haven't formally sure. signed MOUs that are that are I guess byproducts of sustainable infrastructure processes and so we're looking now we wanted to to give us a very clear valuation based on energy data consumption versus uh, generation mm. and quantifying that value as a generation on our platform. Right. But now that we're getting into, again, we're an economy, there's there's a lot of ancillary things that are involved with that, which is why we seek, you know, we, we've talked briefly with SolarCoin as far as partnerships with other yeah. projects, just because we see ourselves as not having a competitor because we want to provide access at a social impact level, especially in these areas where more innovative solutions as far as
0: how we grant access are gonna be required. I'll get to the ICO in a minute cause that's Ooh. something that I definitely wanna explore. Yeah, but before yeah. we do what's one question nobody asks or rel- relatively few do that surprises you that they don't ask about? I'm
1: surprised that people don't ask more about how we're gonna be an energy company. Like I'm surprised sometimes that they don't understand that we're becoming like an energy company versus just a cryptocurrency. I'm I'm shocked that, you know, well not really shocked, but I'm I'm surprised that with the partnerships and the ecosystem that we're building that they they kind of focus on technical questions about the crypto versus blockchain. Now should be focused more on becoming an interli- enterprise solution building products to serve social or societal problems, not just, you know, for geeky things. So it I think that we're in the a, in a transition in the industry I, from that.
0: I love it. And I see it as well. Like, you got you know, big time people like LO3 that are getting yeah. big. Uh, you know, they're getting uh, grants from XPRIZE and, yeah, and all kinds yeah. of things, right? Like, people getting notoriety and credibility Absolutely. for what they're doing. But there's still people are pointing to the fact that it's built around blockchain or crypto as opposed to right. saying, hey, look, let's look beyond the technical. Right. Fundamentally, we're building enterprise value for infrastructure. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really intriguing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned a bit, but I want to make sure that we're really clear on it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of cryptocurrencies and ICOs are built on forks of other models, Bitcoin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethereum. How did you structure this and why? Are you built um, on another crypto?
1: Yeah, we're built on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh-huh. That was initially That was where we, we launched our initial token launch. But like other blockchains, especially now that we're at the point of application development, we're open to the blockchain that's going to be most conducive for our customers' needs, mm. which is why we had we had talked earlier because we're ready now. You know, Nurse in Hand deployed yesterday. So What's that? Nurse in Hand. That's I don't know if we're going to have time to get into that. We'll that's get in time. Our, we'll get into whatever you want. Yeah, to get that's to one of our Kenyan startup partners that's okay. developing basically a digital nine one one system for the Kenyan railway network. Yeah, we they're our partner and and they are using the geo mapping of the entire Kenyan railway network. It's
0: Railway,
1: yeah, no, yes, this is the actually roadway. the roadway. Yeah, uh-huh. highways. Over 1,600 okay. miles connecting Mombasa to Uganda has no emergency post-crash support. Yeah. So Good we're, luck. yeah, exactly. So we're building a digital solution. It's a mobile and web-based solution. So you text whenever that you see an accident. We're building over 40 some triages that are going to be all solar powered, all grain backed initiative. They're going to get the
0: the response. Emergency kiosks.
1: Yeah, they're going to get the response, and then they're going to have mopeds or emergency service vehicles so that the one that's closest can respond to expedite the post crash response.
0: What's the evolution of that Mm -hmm. in five years? We hope to
1: scale it to the entire continent,
0: you know. Continent, but yeah, like technology wise.
1: The technology wise? You're
0: deploying a moped in a person now. What happens in 10 years?
1: I think it's going to be the entire system is going to be fully integrated. Yeah. And so it for us, it's an IOT collaboration with all of the IOT, yeah, IOT Internet oh, of Things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because you know we're going to have all the devices on the blockchain.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I just wonder. For me, in less than a decade, it'll be cheaper for you to have along the Kenya roadway a uh-huh. hundred drones yeah. that just sit idle waiting for accidents. They're instantaneously deployed. They Scan and then secondarily deploy the the necessary resource, or on board they're doing like connecting a doctor, they're checking blood pressure they're d- they're dropping medical kits right like, and, and
1: and this is why it's so exciting where we're going yeah, yeah because we have the platform to to kind of see what
0: those new technologies are going to be right and even now I mean I'm thinking uh, I, this has never occurred to me, but yeah. The answer logically is who pays for that. Well, if it's all All built on a scalable infrastructure or sort of enterprise platform, then insurance companies are already tied in. The driver, who maybe is a wealthy lawyer from Mombasa, is on his way, gets in an accident. Like, boom, automatically it scans his code from his license plate and connects to his insurance company and gets him approved for hospital transfer which like none of that would have ever happen because we would have been standing around going, I'm Absolutely. not touching him. Who's, who's responsible
1: for this? Th- those
0: were the things we saw when we were in, in Kenya. God, that's Absolutely. So we we Sorry, um, Solar Warriors. Like we're not talking about solar at all, but <laughs> no. I want you to understand right. the power of this Absolutely. technology. Like I think that- It's so integrative. When people really, really inside of our bubble say that blockchain and crypto are hype, and and what they're thinking about is how does the transfer and transaction peer to peer of energy happen? Right. They say it's hype, uh, and, and I'm not completely. Uh, I, I actually believe that in many many ways, and certainly in first world countries, they're yeah. absolutely right. Like yeah. we're way we're way away from that because it's not a need. Right. But I want the Suncast listener to think outside of the ethnocentric boundaries of our, of, of our current yeah. like economic engine. There are 1.2 billion people in the world who don't have anybody to buy energy from. They would gladly buy it from their neighbor if their neighbor was overproducing, because they don't have access to any energy at exactly. all. So the no- the notion that blockchain and cryptocurrency applied to energy transition or energy transfer as hype is only hype within a first world economy. It's only first world. That's right. And that means that really we're talking about type for the
1: 1%. Absolutely. With the most expensive grid
0: system That's in the right. history of humanity. And so, failing. Exactly, and rapidly failing. So. I mentioned before, but I want to just reiterate and come back to this. How long did it take? Before you felt that you developed a skill set or core understanding oh, yeah. to be able to launch something like this, absolutely.
1: Now, again, for me, I, I I had a little bit of interest early on. So philosophically, I had a little bit of grounding, but it was really about two years. Yeah, was two, two years of years real intense in the trenches, taking on grenades. Like uh-huh. understanding the energy grid, understanding what the energy, really understanding globally what the energy outlook mm-hmm. looked like. The blockchain part for me was. You know, I went to a lot of meetups and I went to I was actually out there uh, being a part of the conversation. So it helped me learn faster. When I would finish up work, I would go to meetups in the the evening. I would look at YouTube videos and I would listen to a lot of influential people as far as um, where the technology was going. But it really did. It took about two years of really, I mean, intense studying. So you you
0: mentioned meetups.
1: YouTube videos yeah, consistent YouTube everybody videos else has. go to a lot of conferences just to understand the energy transition what that was going to look like now that now now it's that was aside from blockchain but I wanted to understand what the energy model of the future was going to look like and how blockchain could enhance and expand on that as a digital interface hmm. so hmm. it took about two years it was about 2014 to 2016 before with I
0: with that in had mind confidence. I usually would save something like this till the end, but with that in mind, if you were starting over today or think about that solar entrepreneur right Mm -hmm. now who's saying, God, blockchain is going somewhere, I just can't figure it out. What hack would you give them? Where should someone be learning now to be relevant in the next three years?
1: I think, and this may go around a little bit, but if they want to apply blockchain, I think they have to understand the system of energy generation and distribution and understand where intermediaries now serve primary roles mm-hmm. that are and they're inefficient if they break it down from that perspective if they look at the energy market this is the generation and distribution markets where are their intermediaries that now serve a role or purpose that their value is overvalued mm-hmm. that's the first place to look where a blockchain solution especially if it's something related to smart grid, that's the place best place to look where there is a blockchain solution. I, I talked with some partners about, you know, the price for initially going and get people that are interested in solar, like going to these neighborhoods. And I said, well, what if that could be tokenized? What mm-hmm. if you could tokenize people going out to do initial assessments for solar? You would turn them into their own economic engine. You would get full participation. Deployables of solar would now have a household interface if we could do things like tokenizing solar assessment. Now you have, as opposed to one person going around and looking at what's the best solar platforms in their home, with tokenization of it and there being a compensation mechanism, everyone would be looking for the best place because there is a very clear and present value. And that was one of the secondary things with KWH coin that we wanted to introduced here in, in, like you said, in more mature markets, we can use it as a reward and a compensation mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's just so many, there's so many varieties of application with digital application of reward systems, plug and play, where cryptocurrency can be an enabler for a whole new level of participation that would lower the price of solar and, uh, I guess, encourage more deployable of solars, uh, so, solar energy
0: into the market. Man, that is fascinating. I don't want to get too far afield. Yeah. I think that's an absolutely spot on way to connect the Suncast audience with ways they could be thinking about this right now. We've mentioned a bit SolarCoin. There are some others in the ecosystem. How is your product and philosophy different in setting you apart from the ecosystem you see developing in the, in the space right now?
1: Absolutely. I think the existing ecosystem, they're going to take and they're going to basically uh, allow everyone to become an energy trader from existing platforms. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's ultimately what they want to do. They want to build partnerships with existing solar farms right. or existing
0: right, right, right. renewable energy. Ah, I see. You're, right. Many of the applications right now are retrofit. Yeah, yeah. And yours is new build.
1: And see, we're new build. We're new build. And more importantly, we're building where we think the economic growth for the future is going to be, which yeah. is going to be in those areas. We're building their energy generation yeah, love, roadmap. Yeah, so it, it. it opens is, us up to using that energy data mapping
0: for I more wider range of sustainable infrastructure development. I get it. I totally get it. Right. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I had this conversation almost a decade ago now with uh, John Foreman, buddy of mine, when we first started at Trina and That was before any of this uh, technology really was mature enough for us to try to think about applying it. It's fascinating to see how
2: it's developing and becoming liquid. Hey, Warrior, if you're like me, you like to use best-in-class tools to accomplish the job at hand. And you want an ecosystem of products that all talk to each other without you having to do all the heavy lifting. And I bet in your job as a solar professional, you want tools that work the way the rest of your life works. You know that ecosystem, best-in-class products for every piece of your workflow. That's why many Suncast listeners are also such fanatics of Helioscope. It's not just a great software platform, it also connects with other great software platforms. This includes NearMap for high-res imagery, Homer for microgrid design and optimization, UniRack UBuilder for automatic racking design, even Ecotisa for Spanish language proposals, and of course Energy Toolbase for financial analysis, utility rate optimization, and proposals. The folks at Folsom Labs believe in empowering customers to use whatever program you want to use, however they want to use it. And that's why they're committed to fostering this ecosystem with other great software platforms. If you're already using Helioscope, why don't you ask how you can maximize your productivity with these other awesome plugins? And if you're not already using Helioscope, well, you should head to mysuncast.com and click on the Helioscope banner on the homepage. And as a Suncast listener, you'll be gifted an extra 30 days to your free trial. That's right, 60 free days to see what Helioscope can do for you try helioscope it's fast easy and bankable if you're enjoying suncast and you'd like to have access not just to all the additional stuff i can't publish in the primary feed but also the back channel of conversation chat webinars and inner circle advisory that other solar warriors are enjoying consider checking out the suncast tribe you can learn more at mysuncast.com forward slash member
0: you and i had a conversation that i want to try to track back to yeah. when you were VP at Macy's yes. one of the things that you learned early on that's instilled in the culture of how do you develop your develop your market how do you develop your your segment of the store your vertical yeah. is know that customer know that customer talk to me about that how does that apply with what you're doing now I think
1: Nico that you have a lot of people building products and they're forcing their customer and therefore they're forcing you their product into you and I think this is a, pro, a lot of the froth in the cryptocurrency market is that people have built products that the customer's not ready for and you don't have a retail background which is the exact opposite so part of what we've done is we've gone out and we've you know i was in i've been in puerto rico twice we've been to africa um we have connections in sierra leone we have connections here we wanted to fully understand what it is that the customer needs what they wants for what their desires were how they wanted us to support them Mm. So this was why we decided to kind of shift gears, if you will, to building an entire ecosystem of partners to support, you know, energy, water, building a local economy that can allow them to almost be off grid, but have all of the, you know, the, for- the access that urban populations do. So for us, our focus, we wanted to hone in on the edges of the grid, if you will. We, we say that sometimes we wanted to empower the edges of the grid. And that's kind of how it materialized from that standpoint. And as you can see now, especially with, when we went to Puerto Rico, which has multiple, you know it was right after Maria and the the hurricane's there. So it was, how do we deliver a solution now? How do we get help now? Because they didn't, at the time, they didn't have energy access. Um, And then when we went to Africa, it was, Mm -hmm. all right. So in some places they have energy access, but the system is just such a quagmire.
0: So did you come up with an answer for that in Puerto Rico?
1: In Puerto Rico, we still, we, we think that it's going to take energy generation, mm. but we think we're going to have to build small localized grids yeah. because that's really what, and we're deploying that strategy as far as our project development and as far as the solutions that we're developing for Puerto Rico, they're smaller, they're more community oriented, which means for us, we talk to more community leaders. You know, we don't necessarily talk to as much as the big corporate right. guys as mm-hmm. other projects. Yep. We, we're more in the trenches talking with the local people because we want to be their solution. They're, they're the ones that have been left out of this entire process to last 100 mm-hmm. years. So we feel that we want to connect with them. So that's why I, for us, that's our
0: customer. Yeah, A lot of people who aren't in this space hear the term ICO, Initial yeah. One Offering. It throws up a lot of different feelings, yeah. emotions. I was, frankly, surprised how much you raised in your ICO. Yeah.
2: Can we talk about your ICO?
0: Yeah. Well, ours was, we were kind of, you know, for us,
1: the projects that were around this race, like 20X and 40X stuff. So for us, it was kind of a disappointment at the time, Mm -hmm. but we still, we had our, our a pre-sale in December, so our ICO was late January, which was coming into the probably the, the most- The market was most froth. Oh my God, yeah, the, it was most froth. And then as our ICO started, was when the market started to tank. So mm-hmm. we had, uh, relatively speaking, uh, with the total 1.3 raise right in the middle of- 1.3 thousand? Uh, 1.3 million, right. <laughs> <or>, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the, the market lost 70, what, 70% of its value the next month. Uh-huh. So yep. we were very, you know, we immediately started software development, which yeah. for us, we had a very clear vision and we knew what we wanted to do, whereas other projects, I think we had more clear focus after we had gone to Kenya. You know, we were, we participated in the world cup and we won it, right? The world cup, the world blockchain summit. That's the world cup of startups for blockchain uh, back in March in Nairobi, Kenya. We were the regional winners for, and we represented uh, the African market in the startup world cup in San Francisco back in May. So we learned a lot on that trip. This was right after the ICO. So a lot of, Projects, I think, were struggling because that's when the market started to really tank. So we had to, do, to kind of think on our feet, man. It was a it was a real struggle for us because, we, like I said, we didn't raise twenty five million. We didn't raise forty million, relatively speaking. We How'd were,
0: you market that ICO? Uh,
1: we marketed. We were kind of, we're kind of a grassroots organization, man. Like I said, it's, for me, I was leaving Macy's. I, I yeah. did, we didn't have like this massive team with. So we we stayed in the trenches. We we was kind that of a predicate went, was the successful ICO a predicate for you leaving Macy's? No, man, I did it before. Yeah, I did it before. I kind of literally this was destiny. So we we I left Macy's August ninth. Find the ships. Yeah, man. I left Macy's uh probably four or five months before. Do you feel like you you could have done this successfully while you were still at Macy's? Absolutely not. Yeah, we had to you Why had not? to you had to be all in, man. I've, what does that mean? Um you you had to give so much time. It was How much? Twelve, fourteen hour days, fifteen hour days, sixteen what? hour days, just marketing. I mean, we had to generate our own content. So for yeah, us, create, you got to create a Absolutely. Attention. You have to create, we created KWH coin out of nothing. Yeah. You know, we didn't. So I know every entrepreneur can relate to this, but it's the, the, the boring work, the hours of research the that you can't, yeah, man, exactly. Like? The things that you can't necessarily aren't tangible now, yeah. but you had to put the, you know, the white paper. I did that piece by piece. Yeah. I did that my, I wrote the entire white paper myself. So all of those hours went in. So it, it was, the process was It's grueling some, but now we're to the point now that we are, we know exactly as a platform where we want to go, we wouldn't change the experience for anything because the ICO taught us that where the cryptocurrency was trending toward the end of our ICO, you know, you see that there are people that are just about the hype, Mm. that it didn't have the initial where people were involved for the authenticity of the project and what we were trying to build. So I think that may have uh, impacted our ICO, but. Hmm. We now have a very supportive. I mean, we have over twenty five thousand subscribers to our newsletter, or okay. almost nine thousand Twitter followers. So, we have a very strong platform that's connected with now these guys that's really trying to provide energy solutions for billions of people. So, how do you make money? That's how we make money. Now, we we have several like different ICOs? business models. Right. Well, see, that's our thing. We're getting way away from that. See, we developed, this is what we s- developed, the solar distribution deal with yep. Teleficient. Uh-huh. So, we're going to have branded solar panels, branded solar home systems, which, you know, we, we have a, a good partner. We have a, a so manufacturing partner. it's
0: going to be KWH partner. coin Yeah, system. it's
1: going to be KWH coin systems. And then we're going to integrate the energy data into those systems. Mm-hmm. Also, from transaction fees and also through other partnerships where we're integrating technology. You know, we're going to, in some cases, we're going to have back-end technology partners, but we're going to present on the front end with our software.
0: Oversimplification, but is this like creating the, the Amex, Visa, and MasterCard platforms? Now that you
1: mention it, I think kind of. For energy, you know, to a sense, we want it to to be that for the off-grid household. We want it to be the all-in-all platform where they can get energy now, is what we're evolving to. They can get energy. Then they can get water. Then they can now get a phone with our partnership with Teleficient uh, and our other partners. We have agricultural partners, so now they can get organic foods, you know, depending on our area of distribution. So this is the centerpiece, and the KWH coin token is kind of like the mechanism that governs this digital economy, uh-huh. but that's how we wanted it to be designed because now we have a platform where we offer multiple services.
0: How does a KWH coin holder make money or retain value or gain value?
1: Yeah, they gain value by the, the network effect, You know, by the expansion of our ecosystem as we, in nursing hand, for example, when a KWH coin can be used to get those services. So we have an economic generational value component to KWH Yeah, they're a limited number of coins like Bitcoin? Uh, Right, yes, yes, sir. Okay. we are we, uh, we're doing actually an augmentation of our token. We're doing a token swap now because we have so many partners where the KWH coin is going to be integrated, we had to develop more coins in order to accommodate all of these different facilities. This is like creating more shares in a corporation? Since Essentially, but we didn't, we did this swap in aggregate so that no one lost any nominal value. We just wanted more coins for technology integration. We want to be completely fair to our token holders. So if there was anyone that lost, it was, uh, you know, our founders, but we wanted to be completely fair so that no one that was a part of the ecosystem, lost any value.
0: I don't think we get lost. Um, and I'm trying to just, I mean, swap and aggregate is a term I never heard before. <laughs> but it's not uncommon, right? In right. the startup world, there's a lot of terminology yeah. thrown around about valuation and, right. and uh, value creation within the startup ecosystem from shares to equity, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I think is a useful model, and we won't get into this today. I'll yeah. try to explore it later. But okay. what I think is a useful model, and I'd love to hear from Matt Britt and some of you others who are exploring... Uh, how to apply blockchain and, and cryptocurrency here. How similar is the the startup ecosystem and equity valuation to mm-hmm. what's happening in cryptocurrency?
1: There are some sim- similarities structurally. I think the difference in cryptocurrency is a lot of the products haven't been built yet, so it's mm-hmm. harder to develop a, yeah. a trend and evaluation model. Mm-hmm. us, it's a little bit different because we have other assets with our partners and their technologies. Like Nursing Hand has already built an app. that's already complete. Right. So we have technology... Value as a technology. Why they asset. choose you? Because of what we were doing, in, we won we, we the startup competition there. Got it. And then they wanted to make it all green, and they've been they had been following us. She's what did uh, the president? Lucy said she had been following us for a while wow. and wanted to connect. So it was just face twine man. The synergies were there, and we just happened That's to right. be there in the same venue in Nairobi that day. And we and we so thinking the about the ICO
0: there. and and um, getting the business up and running. Yeah, uh, you said you use that immediately to go start de- developing software. How much yeah. did you? Need from a business plan perspective to actually get the business up and running, and how much runway do you still have now for yeah. operations?
1: Yeah, we probably to initially start, we probably need about $200,000 to $300,000 wow. to develop or construct or infrastructure. Remember now, Fantastic.
0: you have to. Fantastic. You raised 3x the
1: need. That's amazing. right. So you have Four. to think about it. What hurt. It's the, I mean, exchanges became so expensive. Sure. I mean, it's ridiculous. So for us. So <laughs> what came? Expensive? Exchanges, exchange listings. Yep. So that's where the runway is. What's as an as we example go, of an exchange listing for someone who's not familiar? Um, let's say
0: um, Binance is an exchange. Okay. Hit BTC. So for someone who has KWH to actually trans- change it into something they can monetize right. today became expensive. Right. Or
1: oh, for them, for us to be listed on a larger exchange. Okay, And this is what you hear in cryptocurrency saying they're the smaller projects, they're kind of forcing us out. And it's not fair because like for guys like us who didn't have a big raise or relatively small, we can't afford a $700,000 listing fee. That's our entire that's rates. what we raised. That's what these people are Oh my God, yeah, 500,000. So for us, we, our runway and where we need capital for is for the next step, the evolution of our platform. Now that we're a much larger project and we want to be shown on a much larger scale as far as cryptocurrency is developing the capital. So and then of course, we want to raise now that we develop into a company an uh, energy infrastructure company, we're now going into our next level of funding to develop those larger projects with ecosystem partners.
0: So to your point, I'm curious about trading and, yeah. and exchange value, et cetera. But yeah. it, if it's tradable now, how? And mm-hmm. how, would a, how would I value a transaction in of Coin?
1: Uh, you mean as far as? Well, we're, we're paired. We're traded on top BTC. Where we're on paired top BTC? Top BTC, Bitfex, CoinX Market, and also IDEX. And we're paired on top BTC with Ethereum. So because we're in ERC20 token. So you want to use that kind of as your framework for determine valuation as an Ether. I guess that's the most fair. I have no idea what you just said. Well, because like, we, we when I say paired, it means you can convert a KWH coin to ether. Right. Got it. And then from that, it break and actually on CoinGecko, it breaks it down. If you go to have you ever been to CoinGecko.com, no. check out that site coin c-o-i-n-g-e-c-k-o dot com it at the far right if you scroll down it gives one kwh coin equals what bitcoin which is kind of cool for us that have that's great us little guys you know that are chipping away at it when you see our names beside bitcoin that's kind of exciting but Hmm. On top BTC, they do that as well.
0: Yeah, they, they and you were saying one. the process to get on one of these exchanges oh, yeah. is is a, is a grueling process. Yeah, man, it's yeah. a lot of it's a lot Still. of. Yes, it's a lot of. Um, yeah, it's a, how it's important a
1: is it to be on an exchange? It's very important. Absolutely, it's very important because that's what gives you, as you transition for blockchain and crypto projects. That's what gives you liquidity. That's what gives you support. That's what gives you credibility. For us, we're building a multi-layered ecosystem, so we we're now having partners that are energy infrastructure partners that are outside just the cryptocurrency world
0: that are looking at us as a solution. For the uneducated, an exchange mm-hmm. is the equivalent of a Nasdaq. It's like Nasdaq, ASX, New York Stock Exchange, yeah, yeah, NISX, um, right? S and P five
1: hundred. Yeah, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, COMEX. It's just a place where you have the 3,000-some cryptocurrencies in the world, and it's a
0: place where the market determines the value of them so, you know, at a coin level. Yeah, as you said, it determines liquidity. Absolutely. So yeah, one and person can sell to another without right. the need to interface with you, the owner Absolutely, of the company. Absolutely, yeah. And the same they provide, way publicly traded shares. Same yeah. thing
1: publicly traded, mm-hmm.
0: especially in blockchain,
1: as new as we're building an, an ecosystem yeah. to work together, it's very important.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, uh, SolarCoin famously no ICO, private coin. But still, like, it's a noble value uh, because of the novel way that they've done Absolutely. that. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's, I, I give Nick and his team a lot of credit. Great to, kudos. Yeah. They to, were a big inspiration, yeah, SolarCoin. To yeah. have done what they've done as a private coin, is phenomenal. Very impressive. Uh, and to have it be taken not only legitimately but growing and and to have a credible valuation. Absolutely. Yeah. Is remarkable given all that I'm learning. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What regulatory issues have come up that you're working through?
1: Um, the biggest reg- this is just because it's so new. A lot of the things that we are going through are, you know, informational. Um, we try to, to build our when we were launching our ICO based off of what was most current as mm. far as the process regulatory yeah. framework. As we go now into, we are sure going into 2019 there'll be more things that we'll have to follow up on, yeah. but we just do our due diligence and we try and adhere most of, to the highest standard as far as regulatory compliance. And that's what we adhere to. What, uh, explain some of the compliance. I'm not like the KYC forms, yeah, like for, uh, uh, KYC customer. forms are yeah. very important. Know your customer are very important. Who dictates those forms? Uh, you, you can go to the, f- basically we follow the rules
0: of the United States government, the Trade Commission, the Federal Trade Commission. So FTCs, KYC requirements uh, yeah. are what you're being held to as that's a why because you're based in the U.S. or because absolutely. you want to trade with
1: U.S. security. Based in the U.S. and we feel, actually we went by the World Bank standards because mm-hmm. we wanted to apply. We went, we wanted to apply our standards to the highest possible. Yeah. Good. So some countries were, you Project know, developers are well, well familiar with that. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Some countries couldn't participate. There are other regulatory things as far as energy that we're dealing with on a country-by-country basis. Yeah. Uh, so those are a little bit harder to get into just because, um, you
0: know, we're going to have a lot of uh, nuances that we have to kind of what, move around. What are, what are some regulatory or market dynamics, potential changes in the macro level that uh-huh. you think are – that you, you perceive as – Threats or potential threats to your business model right now?
1: Um, the only threat, I don't necessarily see it as a threat. I see it as a modification. I think that there will be more emphasis on what the process for initial coin offerings looks like. I think there will be more due diligence as far
0: as what, uh, as their marketing, as far as what they're valued No, on. I get, yeah, no, I don't want to, I don't mean to stop you dead in sure. tracks here, but I totally agree with you that not that's not necessarily a threat. It's a barrier to entry. Right. I'm worried about what do you foresee as someone who's studied for a decade right, right. this technology and for the last three years intimately you've done a successful ICO. What could totally just pull the bottom out? You really want not
1: well, Okay, I'll, I'll be very honest. I would think that we the security of blockchain at a technical level mm. because we've placed all of – blockchain is only – Revolutionary because of its security. Mm-hmm. You know, we're saying that we can replace financial intermediaries, all these big institutions because they're on centralized systems and they're hackable. We're saying that blockchain, right, is unhackable. So we're saying there's a better application with energy because of the obvious sensitivity to energy networks. So those being placed on the blockchain enhances the level of security. I think, and this is my personal opinion, the biggest threat to that would be some type of security breach mm-hmm. as far as what's fundamental to the security structure of blockchain technology, uh, being, you know, allowing peers to secure their transactions peer-to-peer without needing a formal, you know, bureaucratic institution to govern that trust-based process. So to me, the biggest threat is not necessarily the regulatory because behind the house, about 65% of projects in the United States are on the blockchain already. So I don't think that's as big of a threat. I think the biggest threat is that if something is identified within the security protocol, now then we have an issue. I foresee it going through the normal process that all, advancing or disruptive technology or or technologies that may be perceived as disruptive may have. But I think it's part of the process. There won't be any external mechanism that halts it Mm. other than a massive security threat, which threatens the sanctity on which blockchain was formed which is yeah. security at transactional level
0: if you could create i'm going to steal one from tim varis here but it's mm-hmm. a slight modification if you as a uh, blockchain-based cryptocurrency-based uh provider in the world mm-hmm. could put up a billboard on i-95 from new york to florida give you as many as you want all right what you know kind of like uh, Pepe style, right? For yeah, those unfamiliar we're yeah. <laughs> uh, referring to south of the border and yeah. you see, the, oh, yeah. you see yeah. them everywhere, it's right? Crazy. It's pointing everybody to, to yeah. south of the border. What one public service announcement would you make about the technology or, or, or otherwise? Like if I gave you a blank canvas what one message would you transmit to the world?
1: It's kind of you know how you have that be your own dot 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 mm. and you just fill in the blank with whatever it is you are. You feel like you need more empowerment mm-hmm. as far as what you're disemp where you're disempowered, mm. but I think more to the point, I think we need to sell more of be empowered, mm. empowerment messaging because a lot you know blockchain came about as a function of what happened in 2008 with the financial system. Yeah, we felt that we couldn't trust central authorities with our most coveted possessions and what contributed most to the security of our family, our financial transactions and asset value. So that message is what initially resonated. So I would think something that builds off of that. And how important that is, you know, we're building not only are we building the economy of the future. Remember, the only reason why we have countries is because of currency. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So <laughs> if you no longer have currencies that are or countries or borders currency that water. are absolutely. Or borders that are bound by. Yeah. Which is why we have fours. It's yeah. Because of those borders. So mm-hmm. now we are so Absolutely, we are at the cusp of where we can use this technology to build a new world. Yeah. And I think that's what. And I know sometimes it sounds corny. Everyone says that, but we literally can't build a new world because it's it can be borderless.
0: Yeah. So, was there anything unconventional that you did that others said wouldn't work, and it worked out for you?
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think when we shifted to be. <clears throat>
1: I think when we went larger with our mission, because well, initially we were just going to be like, you know, kind of energy traders and then try and get into to rural markets. When we said, you know what, we're going to be we're going to tackle the whole thing. We're going to tackle climate change. We're going to tackle people in Africa, the Caribbean, South America, not feel like they have opportunity because of petrodollar machinations. We're going to tackle geopolitical problems. All in our platform. So when what we did was conventional, is kind of flat out said it. There are 1.2 billion people in the world who don't have electricity. It's the cause of geopolitical strife, and we want to be a part of the solution. And this is what we're going to do. And, you know, it may not have the excitement of some energy trading components, but this is what we're doing. This is what we're building. And this is the people who we think will feel will get value from it. I think shifting to that perspective at the time was kind of a big risk because a lot of people weren't really... Um, so, well, some people weren't supportive of it because they were. This was with the hype of crypto needs to do this, you need to have the yeah. velocity market. And when we decided to roll the sleeves up and really do the hard work, the research on how can we build a platform to do exactly what we said. And I think when we made that shift was when the market was downturning. So everyone was doing just, you know, crazy press releases on what they were going to do and what their vision was more marketing versus in the trenches taking on grenades. Yeah. Yeah. We decided to go into yeah. the trenches.
0: Hmm. A lot of others are in the trenches now and they're looking yeah. at your, your technology. You mentioned some of the activities taking place right now in Africa. Yeah. What are some creative ways people are starting to use or trade KWH coin for value? Well, we
1: talked about Nurse in Hand because mm-hmm. that's going to be a part of Keen Railway. Also in Africa, we have a rural village project where KWH coin is going to be used kind of like as an ecosystem builder. Mm-hmm and i think when people see the kwh coin is going to be used to buy products in places or to be used to get water in places products like cigarettes All right, well eventually. i mean bad example like yes yeah, terrible. yeah but in tomatoes. and we're going to build that network that is going to allow that through yeah. this village right Concepts. when they <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man.
2: I, Even that, yeah, I go absolutely. right to the things that people are going to, yeah, right right to thing go to, like, to exactly.
1: the corner <laughs> store to pick
0: up. <laughs> but that's what, that's
1: what we said in cryptocurrency, right? Was we would design right. places so your cryptocurrency can be used as a household. And that's what we're doing in rural v- I mean, you know.
0: I mean, think, I'm thinking like I, I'm laughing inside yeah. because the things that who gravitates to cryptocurrency? Yeah. Teenagers, right? Like there's a lot of people who just look at it and they go, wait a minute. I can Get value from this thing because nobody knows that I'm making a transaction. Mm-hmm. But, like, teenagers are gonna run to the corner store and buy cigarettes and condoms, just yeah. like we did when we stole money from mom's purse in high school, you know? Like, I mean, that's a literal trans- translation, but what I hear you saying is that the vision for KWH coin is that it will be a monetary currency. The Bitcoin of
1: Africa, I right. think, is what we mm-hmm. said, and that was published in one of our articles on Medium, and we kind of use that as a moniker because of the instability in currencies there, and because of the need to have stability and the yeah. need to have a unit yeah. of account as far yeah. as value.
0: So, that, you've had a you've had a fun entrepreneurial journey so far. What are some yeah. key lessons and takeaways for you from mentors in your life or career thus far?
1: Key takeaways from mentors. mentors yeah. Discipline and resiliency. Mm-hmm. Follow up. I think is the biggest thing for us as entrepreneurs. Man, you have to. You know, you have to independently follow up. Where it's coming from the corporate world, you had an entire structure to kind of. You just mm. sent one email and the entire structure started to work. Whereas you know, as an entrepreneur, it's hmm. you <laughs> on the phone all day. Yeah. And the the second thing, or, or another key important thing of being an entrepreneur is just to not be so hard on yourself. That it's a, it's a process. You are a part of the process, hmm. and then when you're having a bad day, or sometimes in the case of us, feel like we're having a bad quarter. That sometimes that's a part of the development of something else. And right, there are lessons to be learned from that, and right. that. and you got to keep pushing forward. You know, it's not going to happen today. You know, when we had our disappointments with some of our ICOs and you know, all the other energy projects that we're doing, so much more. That is what allowed us to make the most, the best business move to shift. The social impact, which allowed us now to become a sustainable infrastructure development platform, as opposed to just an energy trading platform, which significantly differentiates us from what's become a, a very full space in energy
0: blockchains, I believe. What one thing mm-hmm. can a listener today begin to think about, say, inject into their conversations that, generally speaking, will make them sound or be? Smarter. Coming into the holidays, like I'm thinking, listening to this conversation, first of all, you ought to be really pre- you ought to be able to hold your own a little bit more. Mm. But is there something that if I came to you and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna be going home for the holidays, what what's something I can be studying or think about or say that shows that I know what I'm that I know a little bit more than the average bear regarding blockchain and and, and energy and I and this is kind of cute, you know, and I and I leave this off at some
1: meetups and I ask everybody how many people has cash in their wallets? Give me twenty bucks. I ask for people just like go in and right, pull right. twenty bucks out. And most people can't. I say, well, how many people have phones in your hand? Mm-hmm. And then obviously everybody sticks their phone up. And then I said, well, what do you think is the chance that you're going to be using cash or your phone to get things mm-hmm. in the next five years yeah. you know, as technology develops? And then they, then they're they're probably like yo because then they realize like isn't your is your bank in your hand? Do You yes. carry your bank statements around? They're like, no, I can pull it up on my application. That's right. So using that, stop trying to explain, you know, Satoshi Nakamoto and, you know, peerless, peer-to-peer transactions and smart contracts, but at a very practical level, ask them
0: practical questions for the blockchain is going to impact their life. Yeah, like, I, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I just went running on Sunday, so this is a real application for me. And I went, whole, I went shopping. I was in the grocery store. It was right by the trail. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes later, I get to the and I get to the checkout and I realize, and this happened to everybody at least once in your life, right? What do you realize? <laughs> I don't have my wallet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, smack. I have my wallet. Shut the front door. So I tell the guy, I'm like, can you hold this? I'm going to live 10 minutes away. I'm going to go and get my wallet. And on my way to my car, I realize what you just said. I got my bank and my phone. Why can't I actually pay for this from my phone? Like, this is stupid. So I walk back in and I just said, hey, by any chance, like, this is the real local co-op in Dura. Like, mm-hmm any chance you guys accept Google Pay? Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, we do. I'm like, please, God, let me have the Google Pay app on my phone, right? I go and I check it. I hold it up to the thing. It beeps, and I was just like, and he goes, you're all set. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm all set? He goes, you just paid for everything. I'm like, what? This is amazing. That's it. I mean, blew my mind, right? Like, this is, and for anyone who's got Apple phone and Apple Pay and so hasn't actually done it, like, I have not. Actually, that's the first time I used Google Pay. I appreciate that example. That's really good. Rounding third base here, is there a book Mm -hmm. in particular that has informed your thinking as a leader, as an entrepreneur, that you pass along or that you recommend most often?
1: I don't know if it's one book, if it was related to blockchain. I like Nicholas Zabos. He's one of the-
0: Is this related to blockchain? Yeah, it's
1: related to blockchain. I think everyone needs to read it. It's The Theory of Money and it it goes back, I'm sorry, not Theory of Money, it's The Origins of Money. And it's brilliant if you sit down and read it. Nick Szabo. The Origin of Money. And he goes back to how we determine value in a society. Because remember what we're doing is we're reducing to its essence, how do we determine and transfer value and how do we build digital products to do that? And I think at a... Some of the leaf thing, he, he's very historically oriented. So he has a lot of historical references to people using seashells to exchange value. Hmm. So it's really a good historical lesson as well. But I would recommend that everyone in cryptocurrency and blockchain read that just to get a very strong it. basis for how to build the thinking to understand value.
0: Yeah, disability. and anybody who's following this series who's yeah. really just digging into these episodes would know that Abe Cambridge just recommended another. It's really similar. I mean, I love how yeah. you guys are all thinking very similarly. Yeah. He, he recommended two books. I'll recommend you if you haven't read okay. them. One's called Money, the Unauthorized Biography. Yeah, And yeah. the other, which is quite funny, I've started reading it. It's called How to Speak Money by John Len- Lancaster. John Lancaster, And okay. it goes into, like, the tech talk, if you will, of, yeah. like, words bankers say to confuse you and convey value to their friends, right? <laughs> Basically. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I love it. Is there a blog or uh, yeah. is it, what resources would you recommend that like just help me get up my game on? Blockchain? You
1: know what I would, it's so many now, but the, the thing that I think helps the best is the YouTube videos. Yeah? Hacker Noon has some very good ones. Who? Hacker Noon. That's Noon? It's a column, Noon, N-O-O-N. Uh-huh. It's out of the Medium Cryptocurrency com- section yeah. of their publication. They have really comprehensive information and they also offer a lot of reference materials that you can quickly So copy YouTube and paste.
0: videos by Hacker Noon.
1: You, yeah, YouTube videos and also their column on their medium. column on medium. Their column on medium is Got very uh, mm-hmm. intensive. And that's what I used to kind of state. just because they are a bit ahead of the curve. Mm. And they're more philosophically and product driven. They're they're kind of tough on cryptocurrency and blockchain startups. So I like it because they kind of keep me heads up
0: on this is what we need to be, how we
1: need to evolve as an
0: organization. What habit or consistent practice has given you the greatest impact or leverage in your life? I think that. I think
1: reading what's unconventional Mm -hmm. and trying to understand reduce things to their essence, right? What I say, you should listen um, what what is the, the the three things you do? My grandmother's tell me you have two ears and one mouth, so yeah. you listen twice as much as you speak. Yeah. So, reading and then clearing your mind, because if you if you get too bogged down in the systems, this is what I learned at Macy's. You miss all the evolution because all you're doing is regurgitating the best parts of that system when it performed at its best. Right. So, you almost have to always challenge where you are but have a bit of a framework to, hmm. to allow you to keep going in the right direction.
0: Where can people learn more about KWH coin? How can they find you? Absolutely. Go to kwhcoin.com.
1: That's our website. We're also in Twitter at KWH coin, uh-huh. Instagram, KWH coin, renewable energy network. Oh, wow. That's a long one. Yeah. And then uh, on medium, we're also KWH coin, renewable energy network and- also
0: our uh, telegram we have a telegram channel as well all of these are I'm kws have to sure. join telegram you gotta man. get in there man yeah everybody's like yeah you gotta get in there. my ch- telegram channel i'm like i didn't know a telegram it existed <laughs> i'm big on whatsapp but yeah we don't really what? have yeah we don't have uh yeah i yeah, know
1: yeah, Well telegram is telegram the, telegram, telegram is the twitter and, sure. and then we'll and then if you go to our website you can join our newsletter through our um, website interface
0: is there something that my audience could do to help with the work that you're doing? Is there like... Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. What, what we want, we want to get all of the energy data of any type of distributed energy resource because we want to use that as our... The more data we have, the larger our generation capacity to develop energy generation in Africa, the Caribbean, Puerto Rico, and in South America. So for us, we just want, we want to build a digital grain economy and we just want participants. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to Get tokenized, you're going to get tokens for your or rewarded for your efforts. So we want as many people as possible to go to KWH coin to join our blockchain. We have a join us link there that people to have DERs or distributed energy resources. And we just want people to check out the visibility as far as what we're doing um, as a social impact. But it's not only social impact, we're building economies, sustainable
0: Economies. I mean, is this something that could be a part of the the social giving side or the social yeah, impact side? You of do any So many things. Yeah, business. Okay. Yeah,
1: because okay. we have a
0: nonprofit, which is our MyStella Foundation. Right, right. That My does Stella. right. That does exclusively nonprofit-driven yeah, yeah. M- operations. Yeah, I've got a MyStella Foundation too, but it's every Friday afternoon. Ah, <laughs> right? MyStella. That's good. right. <laughs> 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 well, we'll we'll link to that uh, to MyStella. will link to Medium and Instagram and all all the other goodies and how they can reach Correct. out to. You and KWH Coin and, and Monica, who's al- also active on Twitter. Don't want to forget Monica Shepard, who's hanging out with us here today as well. Lastly, but certainly not least, let's end today with a bold prediction. What well, one thing do you, Gerard Newkirk, see happening in the market today that perhaps nobody else is tracking? What's in your crystal ball?
1: I think in the next six months, the existing top 10 cryptocurrencies won't be in the top 10. Wow, that's 100. I'm giving them 180 days. I think I can boldly go out, and I well even including Bitcoin. Yes, I don't think Bitcoin will be a top ten cryptocurrency in six months. That's my bold prediction. Wow, stay tuned. Stamp the what is it October 31st, 2018. You heard it here first. Wow, love Uh, it. So give me 180 days. Mm. I think the top ten will. I'm not going to call what will be in the top ten. We all hope, and the KWH coin will be there. So I'm not going to get that bold with my prediction, but I do. I don't think that any of the top ten existing yeah. currencies. I think so, three may still be in there, but I think that the majority of them will shift. So can I modify it a little bit? I yeah. think at least fifty percent of the of the at least half yeah. of the top ten now won't be there. Wow. And I think Bitcoin will be one that's not the top ten. Wow. I will stick to
0: that. If you have ever been thinking about joining the SunCast Energy Tribe, now might be a good time. Yeah. Jump in the tribe. We'll be talking about what uh, top. Three to five selections Gerard would give to you if he could sit down with you and have coffee the way he did with me today. Absolutely. Gerard, thanks for joining. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks to all the listeners.
2: Thanks for being here. It's been great. Well, if you've hung out here until the end, then I hope that you were rewarded with more insightful discussion about how blockchain and alternative currencies are being leveraged for the betterment of humanity. Solar Warriors, we have an awesome responsibility, don't we? What a privilege to know that we are playing a part in preserving the planet and helping our fellow global citizens improve their standard of living. And like Gerard, I believe that there is great change afoot and we are on the precipice of seeing the energy transition take hold in powerful new ways. As I mentioned in the intro, if you are a part of our Suncast tribe, then you'll receive a special recording with Gerard where I asked him to divulge his favorite cryptos and trends for 2019. If you are a supporter on Patreon, It'll show up in your Patreon feed. If you're an annual member and haven't yet accessed the private Patreon feed, please do email or text or WhatsApp or send a carrier pigeon. Let me know. I'll make sure that you get it. You will enjoy this exclusive content. And if you're not already a member of the tribe, please consider supporting the podcast financially by becoming a member. Go to mysuncast.com forward slash member to learn more. You'll see a random video that I created back in May uh, when I was traveling that explains a bit about my thoughts on being a member and helping support SunCast. Email me at nico at mysuncast.com. I'm happy to chat with you about it as well. The tribe is my inner circle of supporters and trusted advisors, and I'd love to count you as one. Well, if you learned anything or had a takeaway important from today's episode, would you mind sharing it with me or others in your community and your tribe? I do love hearing from you, and it fuels me to know that the message is not only getting across, but to be able to hear exactly how it resonates with you. You can find me on Twitter at N-I-C-O-M-E-O, Nico Mayo, or on LinkedIn. Just let me know, would you? I'm going to keep it local here again, and next week you'll hear from another North Carolina energy expert. I have the unique opportunity, I think, to be both a supply and demand side manager. So that means I'm doing everything from your traditional building
0: efficiency projects all the way up to helping purchase energy, make design decisions, operational decisions, planning decisions for what amounts to a utility company inside of Duke University.
2: Well, that's my friend Casey Collins, the energy manager for the fifth largest energy buyer in the state of North Carolina, Duke University. Tune in next week to hear as we discuss what it's like to be an energy buyer at a major entity like Duke University. As well, we'll hear Casey dig into the recent North Carolina solar legislation. And why does that matter? Because North Carolina is one of the largest solar states in the union, that's why. I hope you've had a great time with us today. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, warrior. And thanks again for showing up. It's half the battle.